racking up strikeouts. He's got 15 strikeouts for Flackney in this game. He's got down. That's strikeout number 16 for Tyler Flackney. This ball game is over. And we're the best goddamn football league in the country. We're the best football, the best football league in the goddamn country. Period. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of the HRL Touch 'Em All podcast. I'm your old Stash, joined by Sanchez, the co-host. How's it going, Sanchez? I am doing good. How are you, Stash? I'm doing good. I feel like this was the first really good weekend we've had in a long time. No wind, a little on the hot side, but not too bad, and it was it was good. It was nice to enjoy the weekend. Yeah, I didn't have plans this weekend for the first time in probably a month or so, so it was just kind of working around the house, hanging out with family, and enjoying this weather, like you mentioned. So it was a good time, good weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's just jump right into it. Uh, home run check from last week. It's a hard question to ask me. Uh, I'm not happy if I'm not hitting home runs. And I faced some tough teams this week and tougher pitching in Web Gem and Nightmare. And I came up with a big goose egg against those guys, which I knew might be the case. But I was really hoping to tag them each for at least one home run. And uh, it just was not happening. Right, and I mean they're they're tough pitchers, so I well, mean it's understandable if you don't get one. Well, and I especially now I'm questioning the if it's worth me doing a podcast because apparently Nightmare was saying that he had gleaned some sort of edge against me on how to pitch me from what I what I've mentioned in the past here. So I'm gonna have to go back to the archives, listen to what I said, and then try to do you know a double reverse on him next time I face him. And see if I can't uh, sneak a couple out. Say, but the only thing that I recognize from you saying is that you just want to get the ball up in the air. I mean, I, I, I think, like... <laughs> yeah, groundbreaking news: <laughs> home run hitter tries to hit ball over the fence instead of through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that actually me, might have been the comment he mentioned. Was just like, oh, I had to keep everything low because I didn't want you to be able to elevate it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I hit four this last oh, week. Nice. So, that feels yeah. good. It, it does feel good. Um, I was slumping a little bit. I don't know if you can call what I was doing with slumping. I'm I'm pretty on par with my career stuff, so I don't I don't think I'm slumping like I normally would consider. Twelve, it, but yeah. twelve home runs right now at this point in the game. That's pretty good. I mean, league lead is fifteen right now between myself and Hater, so you're right up there at the top of the line. So. Right, and I, I actually we haven't faced uh, the top tier teams yet in Hopkins besides the Grasshoppers, so we still got to go through the Mets. We still got to go through the um, the Aces, um, but yeah, it, it, I still got a tough schedule ahead of me, so I'm getting home runs in when I can. Well, it turns out there's a reason why the Grasshoppers and the Aces are undefeated. Um, they're good, yes. and I found that out this week the hard way. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's even worse that you got to face some back-to-back nights, too. Well... Back-to-back in, -back in the same night, I should say. Yeah, uh, HRL front office, maybe we need to talk about how we're matching up our teams and just having them as be travel buddies or inner-city buddies. Um, don't get me wrong, I love the lug nuts, and I like hanging out with them, but uh, it really... If we're game two of the night, it gives the uh, that team we're facing in game two a pretty big advantage of how they can set up their pitching against us versus us having yeah, to face the aces and the grasshoppers. Right. I'm curious at how they do it just because I'm, if it's more random, it, that can be understandable. Um, well, but I mean, it, with anything, I'm sure you get an equation going and you get a spreadsheet going and then you know, just for ease of how hard it is to set the schedule. Because, I mean, I don't, whoever's doing it, I don't um, envy them of this job, but... Yeah, it's, it's uh, tough. You, you you could take a few extra minutes, I would think, and switch it up a, f a few weeks here and there, but, you know, that's, it's also fine. Like, like I said, I don't want to do that job, 
So the fact that we have schedule makers and people willing to do it, you know, hats off to them. Thank you for making our schedules, making the league happen. Um, yeah, just these are the minor tweaks we think about some days. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, go on to uh, what are you drinking then? Tonight, I am drinking a beer from Fair State Brewing Cooperative. Uh, they are located in northeast Minneapolis. For those of you who are not aware, they do some fine, fine brewing here in the Twin Cities. And I have their Hefeweizen, uh, which okay. is actually one of my favorite styles of beers. It's not a very alcoholic beer. Um, I prefer mine unfiltered, very yeasty, things like that. And this is this is a pretty good one. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it's my favorite Hefe, Hefe but um, it's up there. It's pretty good. Thanks. What are you yeah. drinking? This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Again, people are probably going to be shocked by what I'm drinking, honestly. Tap um, water, I'm... again. <laughs> I thought about it. I'm, no. <laughs> you um, could. It's all right. I, I know I could, but I, I, I don't know. I was feeling it tonight. Um, I am drinking a Rainbow Sherbert Sour from Prairie Artisan Ales. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, Tin Whiskers from, uh, used to make a, uh, a Rainbow it was called Rainbow Road Sherbert Sour, and it was excellent. Okay. I'd be interested to try this one that you have. Go through I, the mouthfeel. How is it? Uh, so I was actually gonna, just going to describe it to you. So at first, it feels like a seltzer. It feels very watery, oh. fizzy, and then afterwards you get blasted with a little bit of flavor. It's not overpowering. It, to me, I guess I've never had Sherbert. So, okay. Um, I don't know what that I, – I, have an idea of what it tastes like but it to me it, i it it feels more like a seltzer than it does a sour this is going to be the moment of the podcast where our listeners pause and they start yelling at their listening device how does stash not know what sherbet tastes like <laughs> did you not have a childhood you not only like you don't know who the temptations are, but you now also are telling me this non-dairy delicious dessert is not in your, your wheelhouse. What's, what's going on here? I, I am actually a huge chocolate guy. So yeah. anytime there's chocolate, I cannot pass it up. I, I'm not going to go to Sherbert over chocolate. I oh. cannot do that. An orange push-up back when I was a kid was about the best darn thing you could have in a hot summer day. I was not going to, like, eat a chocolate bar. But, uh, hey, you do you, man. Like, Yeah. All right, and then going off of what we're <laughs> drinking, you've been uh, saying that you guys have been having theme nights with drinking. Like, you have an alcoholic beverage for each team that you play. How's that been going for you? Uh, well, we enjoy it. Uh, it's just added another level of, you know, kind of jackassedness to our weekly banter in the text chain. I'm, I'm definitely the ringleader of it. Uh, but when, one week I was struggling to come up with one and I just was pressed for time. So chops came through. And I think that was the week that we drank some of his uh, leftover, truly flavored, truly um, seltzer drinks that he had. So it, it's not always that we're making like a special concoction specifically for the team. But each week, and Inner City has made this hard because we have two teams. And I tried when we played the Americans and Blue Sox to uh, have one for each team. So we had like the Bud Tallboys, Budweiser Tallboys, and the American cans for the Americans. Yep. And then we also had the Grain Belt Blue for the Blue Sox. Um, okay. But what we do is we take these drinks and we, we call it at the turn after the first game. Uh, at the turn there, we uh, we all gather together and we crack open one of these drinks and uh, just kind of refocus ourselves to go into game two and have a good time with it. So we've, we've done Margarita night, which was an easy call because that was Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Um, what else have we done? Oh, this week we did some really sugary. They taste like Jolly Rancher boozy drinks that um, my wife bought at sam's club one time i can't remember the name of them but they they if you, if you, if you didn't have grasshoppers facing the grasshoppers you guys should it, just be done it was brought up let me tell you that um it was brought up and if my plug-in on my speaker 
machine worked to where it would actually plug in and run stuff. It's this weird contraption where it only the outlets on the machine only work if it's the machine is actually plugged into an outlet, which just makes it this really odd extension cord. But uh, we had talked about doing grasshoppers and like an ice cream machine. It, so yeah, it was brought up, but then it was not worth the. Uh, okay, let me put it this way: it took me an over an hour to get to Hopkins. It, whatever I had brought for grasshoppers, unless I had yeah. bought dry ice, would not have worked. Yeah. But hey, maybe we'll do grasshopper night another night when we're in Egan, and it's like a fifteen-minute drive. But yeah, yeah. So that kind of brings me to the question of the week: You guys don't play my team, the Rubber Ducks or the Blue Wahoos. What would you make that for your drink of the week? Oh, what would a rubber blue wahoo duck be? Huh? You know, let's see. We faced the trash pandas, and I wanted like the trashiest thing we could think of. Um, what's a rubber duck? I don't know. I that might just be a night where I grab something random, especially with the two teams. But blue wahoos, we could redo. We wouldn't double up on anything, but like the something. Blue raspberry, probably. We would find just some awful, like, malt liquor, blue raspberry, monster, whatever those energy alcohol drinks are that people drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you see them in the cooler in the front of the liquor store. Okay. Because it seems like they don't actually care if anyone steals them. So, uh, yeah, I would say one of those. Something blue raspberry, because, I mean, okay. what's duck flavored? So, so I, I thought about oh. this a little bit. Um, if you didn't want to do a drink, you could do a shot called the duck fart. There's something oh, like that. What but is the duck fart? It's like Bailey's Kahlua and maybe vodka. I'm looking it up here. Tipsy, tipsy bartender, how to make the Alaskan duck fart. It's a drink that combines different liqueurs. Oh, huh. I, it's, let's see here. Kahlua. Crown Royal, that's what's on top. Bailey's, Kahlua, and Crown Royal. That, that gotcha. wouldn't be terrible. Right. But, really nice on a 90-degree day. <laughs> uh, but what I was thinking of more likely would be, to combine the two, go with a fishbowl. Oh, nice. fishbowl blue, and then you can put like a rubber duck on top, floating on top. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. All right, so I am looking online right now as we speak at this because you got me thinking, best duck-themed drink, and I'm seeing one that is blue, a little frothy, and they put a miniature rubber duck in it. I almost feel like we have to play this season now, um, for sure. I mean, I'll hey, probably... Can... We, we have a game three open right now. It's just whether or not we can fit it in anywhere. That's, I think we have plenty of game threes open. Uh, no one likes to play us because we're slow, old, and okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's get this rubber duck drink going. <laughs> if not this year, next year. Because with next year actually being the 20th anniversary of the league, you know, shout out, you know, heads up, anyone, if they didn't see it coming. But 20 years, um, I'm going to continue this trend next year. I, I assume it'll be with the Braves. But whatever team I end up on. Assuming Braves, we'll continue our, our drink of the week. So yeah. I'm looking forward to a rubber duck drink. Perfect. All right. So if you were to do something like this, yes. you, I'm going to put you on the spot then, too. It doesn't have to be against the Braves. How about, like, if is there a team out there or a team name that just screams, like, there's a drink, drink from them? Like, what would be a good drink theme night matchup for you guys? like with a Hopkins team or even an Egan team you face? Oh, man. So literally the first thing that popped into my mind was the Chihuahuas. And instead yeah. of drinking out of glasses, bring dog bowls. Dog bowls, <laughs> yeah. Dog bowls or you see, I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about, like, that idea of drinkware. Like, that opens up a whole new possibility. That's a really good, right. good idea. Right. Yeah, um, that's kind of what stuck out to me. Other than that, I... I'm not very good at doing themed drinks just because I'm not a guy that really likes to go into the hard liquor. So I don't sure. really care to do that type of stuff. Maybe more towards, um, well, and I can tell you, try to do beer. 
Sure. And there's granted, there's so much in craft beer these days that you can find any flavor profile you want. So there probably is a beer called the rubber duck by now, but uh, how this, a lot of it started too was with the vibes and our, like at least my banter back and forth with those guys, um, which stems back to like the bees slash whalers days. Um, they have the the familia it's family and uh, you kiss the ring and italian style so i had told them a while back that i would make some homemade cello like orange cello or lemon cello for our matchup and that's where it's kind of um gone towards and we haven't actually played them yet but i do have a giant jug of orange cello aging right now with the orange peels in it um i just have to finish it off with the simple the simple syrup but uh yeah so I will bring that to our matchup vibes. If any of you are listening, just keep that in mind. Thanks. Now I have to think of something for the Yankees tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go into kind of the recaps that happened this last week. I guess not recaps. Uh, again, it's inner city play. So uh, recapping everything is just difficult. So it, did you see anything that happened throughout last week that kind of stood out to you? Sure. I've got a few here. Um, first off, I'm going to start. I've got the Marlins. After their hot start, they have now lost eight in a row. Um, plethora of different teams and matchups there. I know they've had some trouble with getting full teams there. I think Shipwreck has been in and out. He's been a pretty consistent, though. I think last time I looked, he had played in 12 of their games. But uh, Yak was pitching better earlier, and he's been kind of sporadic. So getting guys to the park, knowing who's going to show up each week, that can lead to some of that. Uh, but this week, next week, I don't you want to say it, they'll play the Trash Pandas, so they look to get healthy there. The Blue Sox this week <clears throat> in their matchups, I can't even remember who they played, the Hops and uh, someone else, but they lost by... They got swept, and they lost both the total by, what was it? Let me start over there. They lost by a total of 20 run, 21 runs between the two. Jeez. And that just leads me to say, like, what a magical run their Wiffle-Palooza will be when they come out of right. that thing again after this right. start. <laughs> well, I, I do know that the Blue Sox are struggling to get pitchers out there because I know Fukudome, um, he was normally a pitcher for them. Uh, yeah. Hasn't been showing up all year. Well, he showed that. up last week for the first. Well, he, against us in the lug nuts, he showed up for the first time. Uh, they made quite the ballyhoo about it. So, okay, um, but yeah, yeah it's only been I the know, one time. Yeah, and then I know that two bats arm is kind of hurting him. So having him pitch every single week isn't going to help him out it as much. Just because if your arm's going to hurt, there's no point yeah. in pitching. So that and it doesn't look seems- like. It doesn't look like Thor showed up this week either, and he's he's a pretty decent pitcher for them. So Porkboy and right. uh, Tubat pitch this week. Um, Al can still chuck it, but maybe he's just yep. feeling his age as well. But uh, yeah, right. lots lots of runs given up this week by them. Yeah, and then finally, uh, my final note here from after a nine nine game losing streak, your boys the Millers finally came in and they swept the Rough Riders and the Marlins. Yep. So uh, they're they're back on their winning ways. <laughs> Hopefully they're back on their winning ways, yes. Um, they're still in second place in that division and they're only three and a half games out over my Chihuahuas. So yeah. our little side, side, side bet there is is still still in play. Exactly, and I don't think they've played <laughs> each other yet, so they might still have four games to play. Oh, that'd be great. Right. You know, if it comes down to it, we got to find time. You and I just like sitting down there eating popcorn, watching those boys heckling them. <laughs> well, the issue with that is that all Hopkins teams play on Thursday. So, <laughs> I are you saying anything. you don't want to take a night off from your own team's play to watch the Chihuahuas with me? <laughs> if I'm on the other field, I might sit down and watch in between at bats. Sure, sure. What did you uh, take away from the inner city this week? Yeah, so I was just about to mention that uh, the Vibes are on a four-game losing streak, and three of which they have lost on walk-offs. Yeah. Um, So dropping these games late in, like, the sixth inning. 
So that's kind of my interesting point that I had out there uh, with sure. the inner city matchups. And that leads very well into something uh, that I've I've been thinking about over in Egan. So in the early goings, well, even preseason, if you were to pick out division leaders or folks we were thinking would would be in in it for the wild card and the division title uh we had readily said baby cakes and vibes right out of the east um being a homer for my own team braves out of the west so let's just say based off of records and early season going baby cakes vibes braves top three teams in egan they've all i would say have had a surprise loss at some point in the season most recently the vibes facing the twins uh kmart turns back to the hand of time i'm sure he was feeling pretty you know like strong thinking about his 2004 championship after our podcast but the the baby cakes they've also lost they took a loss to the mariners and this is not a slight against any of these other teams by the way like the mariners I honestly believe can beat any team any night just based off they're, of their pitching and clutch hitting. That's all it takes right. for them. They're eight and eight right now, and they swept my rubber ducks. So I mean, they're they're a good team, right? So I just wanted to throw that that caveat out there that this is not a takeaway against the Mariners because I I seriously think they can beat anyone in the league on any night. Right. Um, and then the, my Braves, our second game of the season, uh, we lost to the Marlins and. Ever since then, it feels like they've just maybe put their feet up and taken the rest of the season off because they knocked us off. So they're like, well, mission accomplished. But <laughs> I know that's not the case. Schnugans will listen yeah. to this and he'll send, me a, he'll send me a message telling me how wrong I am, which that's welcomed and warranted here. But yeah, yeah I, I just feel like uh, some of the, the top teams are taking losses where we just didn't expect them. And maybe this is happening more throughout the league. So you know, for a league that maybe is desperate for parity and to get away from the, some of these super teams, it's kind of refreshing in a way. I mean, I don't right. want to lose, but at the same time, we are, we still have two undefeated teams. So there obviously is like the cream of the crop up there in the grasshoppers and the aces right now. And there are the lug nuts and the trash pandas with one win each, but like maybe the middle of the pack and the top of the pack aren't that far separated. Right. I, I'm, looking at, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now, and the sixth seed overall within the HRL to the 16th seed overall are only separated by three and a half games. Um, and then towards the top, you got the, your grasshoppers, your aces, and then in a distant behind the Mets um, right there as well. So I, I feel like the top teams are all right there together. And then the middle of the pack is all right there together as well. Um, I don't, there, there's not a huge gap between six through 22 where it's like a huge three game gap. It's all one game, half game. Uh, if that, so I, I, I feel like we are getting closer to the, every, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Which I think is great for the league. That's oh, something fantastic for the league. Something that keeps people coming back. It keeps people from getting too frustrated on any given night when they maybe have a bad night at the plate. Um, I earlier in the in the league's history, I know that's some of what I'm here for. But um, the message board sometimes it was a lot of, "What am I doing in this league? I work how many hours a week." And then I come to this league and I strike out 10 times in a night between the two games. I don't get a hit. My team gets mercy twice. And there would be these threads going on because, you know, teams beating up on other teams. And some of it would be because we weren't very good at keeping the speed limit going. And that's a personal thing of mine, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I find that getting better. And then I also find the parity in the league getting better. And I think that's just good right. for the good for HRL in general. So Right. And I and I feel like that speed limit that we have set um helps everybody be in check because that's I feel the perfect speed sixty miles an hour, by the way. Um uh, so that everybody can still hit the ball. Because uh, if you go any 
more than that, you're going to get the low-end players that can't even touch it, and what's the fun in that? Right. And when this, you know, we can, this could be an entire episode of the history of the speed in the league, but um, my stance, whether people were willing to hear it or not in the past, wasn't about, like, how it would help me or my team. It was thinking about the entire league as a whole and the one thing that every player that shows up does is bat. Not everyone pitches. Not everyone wants to pitch. Not everyone fields. Not everyone even wants to field. Sometimes they only field because it's out of necessity. But the one thing everyone does is they show up and they bat. Now, if you've, I, I don't care how many guys tell me how fun a one nothing game that went 17 innings is. I'm sure it was fun. It can be fun. But at the same time, if I'm one of those batters and I've struck out a dozen times and I never felt like I had a single chance and all we're waiting for is for either an opposing pitcher to make a mistake or a batter to get lucky, that's not how I want to spend my time. And, and that's a fine, a fine line because I do want wiffle ball to be more competitive than slow pitch softball. I think that's part of the draw, and we've talked about that in the past. But yeah. I, I don't want anyone showing up to wiffle ball feeling like they're just wasting their time. And they would, if enough guys showed up, they would rather just sit the bench and watch their buddies play versus participate themselves. Right. Right. And that, folks, is why we should have a 30-mile-an-hour speed limit. <laughs> now you're just getting into slow-pitch softball territory, and I don't want to go Yeah, there. I... I really don't want that. I don't. I think 60 is a good a good limit. Um, yeah, you can do some nasty things with a wiffle ball at 60 miles an hour and less. So 50 to 60 right. is a pretty sweet spot there. Right. And to all you pitchers out there, you're supposed to get hit around. You're supposed to let up runs at that mile per hour. So deal with it. Yeah. If you have a ERA under two, you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. Like. That's you should be able to win with an ERA of three to six. Yeah, hit the ball, home run league, not strikeout league or pitching yeah. league. But yeah, well, we'll we'll get into that during the off season. We'll yeah, we'll, really, we'll, we'll invite we'll really some pitchers, some actual pitchers on, and I well, I mean, I know you can pitch much better than myself, but like yeah. we'll get some of the top pitchers on for a little round table and get their their feedback on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so let's kind of move into our uh, game of the week picks and how we're doing uh, so far. Uh, I am sitting at five and three overall, and you are sitting at six and two. So we are very close um, with our picks so far. So nobody's really separating themselves out within the first four weeks of this. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's too surprising. I, well, well, maybe it I is. Think- it's Given what we just talked about, how the how the league has this much parity, maybe it is. Maybe that just goes to right. show with the scheduling, just how it lined up this year. But this week, if I'm not mistaken, you and I differed on our picks, so this could be a big week for you to catch up or for me to build a little lead, right? Because yeah, I'm so, pretty sure well, I picked the Braves to sweep. Yep, you definitely did. I, I will say that I also chose the Baby Cakes uh, week two to sweep. Um, they ended up losing both of them. And then oh. I also chose the split between the Chihuahuas and the Rumble Ponies, and the Rumble Ponies uh, swept. So that's where your two losses came in. Uh, I probably went to eat the uh, safe way and just said splits, I'm guessing. Right, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's kind of a cop-out now that I look back at it. Well, not really. I mean, if it's if it's too good, there's teams, a lot of splits, equally yeah. matched teams, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't think it was a cop out. It's just what you believe what would have happened within the games. I mean, look at Game Three against the Chihuahuas and the Rumble Ponies. Chihuahuas took that one. So, if that was Game Two, we both would have been correct on that one. So yeah, this week uh, tomorrow, my Braves face off against well, uh, Rockets Yankees, former well, teammates. Not- not tomorrow. It was on Monday. Oh, backwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I do listen to a lot of Huey Lewis in the news, and they did the soundtrack for uh, Back to the Future. So if you're listening to this now, um, I either did really well and I'm happy, or I'm sour because we lost. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so still got a whole bunch of games left. I, it, it's still really close, so yeah, it'll be fun to watch this how it pans out. And then we got also got those side bets that we placed coming up later on, which will be interesting to follow as well. But let's move into the main topic of this podcast, and that's All Star Night. Um, it's gonna, it's about a month away. So voting should be starting up soon. Uh, All-Star Night is on July 23rd, and it's back at the Shakopee Bowl. Great venue for this type of atmosphere that we're looking for for an All-Star event. Um, I had a blast last year. Um, I, I felt like it was a bigger deal than normal from what the other All-Star games that I've been to. Um, it seemed like everything was intensified compared to previously previous years uh how do you kind of feel about that last year well i'll have to admit i did not make it last year um that was the night of my 40th birthday party here at my house so i had a prior commitment there um but i did go back and look at some of the footage and uh, as many of the tweets as i could see and it looked like it was quite the to-do um yeah, I would say it, it, as hard as it is for me to say that Shakopee Bowl is a good location for us because it is so far out of the way, especially for those of us on the east side, it it does seem like a really good spot for the All-Star game just because of the environment it can build up and how it can have random spectators maybe keying in on us and cheering for us. And then just the, I don't know what you want to call it, the debacle or the magnificence, depending on which, te- which team you were on, of Franklin and the heckling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That, that makes the night, though. Because I can remember past All-Star Games over at Sky Hill and Valley where I had all the Egan players and fans chanting, like, Sanchez sucks or chanting against me. When I was batting, and while I didn't appreciate it, like that's part of what the night is supposed to be about, right? It's right. it's supposed to be out of the ordinary and fun, and get a lot of people there watching and cheering for you, right? Or against you, right? Yeah, it, it's it's been a blast. It last year was definitely the tops that I've seen. So yeah, what, I think if what, we can keep it at at shock people, I think that it might be it might be the perfect spot for it. Right, it, it right. It's probably better to have it there in a public or a public venue, find another public venue like that, or keep it at Shakopee. Um, that makes it a little bigger than having it at Valley or central or sky Hill or, you know, exactly. Yeah. Right. One of the lesser fields. So, yeah. So what's been like your favorite all-star memory or your favorite all-star night in general? Um, I, I'm not sure when the whole All-Star Night came into effect. I don't know if that was year one or if you guys also did that year two. Um, uh, so 2007, kind of 2007 is when I think we started doing it for real. Um, at least that's when we have like voting results in the website. Uh, before that, I think we just kind of had a few players like end of year, like, oh, you're an all-HRL player or things like that or like, 2006, maybe we, we voted, but we didn't actually play a game. Okay. So, um, some of my highlights, and it, you know, this is the hard thing because there were a lot of years where I was voted in and I wasn't able to make it. But um, there was actually a year where I was voted in as a pitcher and a hitter, or maybe just a pitcher. Anyway, I took the middle three innings of a game, and granted, I gave up one run. I think it was only one, but our team won. Um, and that was kind of funny now that I look back at it, that I was an all-star pitcher once. Um, otherwise, my memories of the all-star game before recent times were that it wasn't actually fun to be a part of because there was zero speed limit enforcement. And it basically just became, you know, a dick measuring contest for lack of better terminology for it of, of the pitchers to say like, I'm an all-star pitcher. I definitely cannot give up runs in this game. So you would have guys just chucking 
as hard as they could this filthy stuff. And these are guys that would get voted in for throwing around 60 miles an hour. So obviously they have the talent and the capability to do so, but they did not want to be the guy who gave up the losing runs in an all-star game. So that kind of took some of the shine away from it. Uh, I specifically remember one time where Jay Ski actually was able to make it. And after one of my numerous strikeouts, I was walking back to the bench and he just looks at me and he was like, is this really what the all-star game is? And I was like, yeah, you're kind of lucky to put it in play or kind of lucky to hit it. And he just shook his head. So it was very pitching heavy from the get go. Um, I'm much happier to see that or to say that it has is lightened up on that level in the last few years. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely go for my favorite memory was probably last year, obviously, just with the venue and the atmosphere. I think that was second to none for anything within the HRL. I've been to a couple of Wifflepaloozas before, and I always thought that the atmosphere at Palooza is pretty good, but when there's just one game going on, most of the HRLs there watching, cheering, it, it was unreal. It was so much fun. Yeah, I think there's a definite wanting of folks to say, oh, this is the best event of the year, and to name one of those two, that being the All-Star Game or uh, Wifflepalooza. But they definitely each have their own drawing point. So I'm I'm a big Wifflepalooza guy, whether I would play in it or not, um, because it gets all the teams, well, the majority of the teams there all at once. So before the games, you can do a lot of socializing and touch base with people you maybe didn't see that often during the year. And you get to see some upsets and some a lot of Wiffles all at once. Uh, but then, like you said, the All-Star Game is the focus of, like, here's what the HRL has to offer this year. And uh, let's see the best of the best go up against it. Now, granted, it's not quite like the MLB, or maybe it is, because we do have a lot of guys that have to back out uh, due to right. whatever com- prior commitments. But uh, it, you still see some darn good wiffle ball no matter what year you went and saw the All-Star Game for the HRL. Exactly. So, with that, what do you like about the All-Star Night? I, I know you said that wasn't your favorite, so what kind of would draw you to the All-Star Night at all? Um, I would say still, it's still seeing a lot of people, because I know a lot of guys do try to make the effort to make it out there. So, even if it's not just you know seeing your own teammates or hanging out with your teammates there, it's the fact that you can go out and hang out with the random folks um, from your city. And it does become like an us versus them thing where if I show up at, at the all-star game this year, I'll be hanging out alongside of Zach and the baby cakes and, you know, John and Huck and the vibes, all those guys. And I'll see rocket and I'll see Keith there and it'll just be, all right, let's rally Egan. Um, we're not winning the city uh, inner city championship anytime soon from the regular season but let's show them that we still have some pretty good wiffle ball that can happen over here uh so it's that camaraderie what do you look for when you go to it i'm the same way i think i have been in only one all-star game and that was by default because i think about 10 people couldn't make it so then i was next in line uh so i would I look forward to just sitting there and talking to everybody while I'm there. Uh, usually what's been happening in years past is that I've kind of brought my GoPro and then just kind of set it up and started talking, leaving it around the field at different spots to get different angles or whatnot. So just getting that extra content for the league. Um, but yeah, just going around to everybody, getting their thoughts, um, just talking with them, just having fun. So how do you feel about the whole festivities of the evening? Because some of it can drag on a lot because we've we've had the rookie game. Now, when we have enough rookies, we have the rookie game. Um, and then we have the fun star game. And then we have the all-star game. And I'm not going to take anything away from any of those three games, but it does make for a very long night, especially when at the end of it, you want to play a nine-inning all-star game. Right. I, I will say I don't mind the rookie game, like a rookies versus veterans or 
rookies versus sophomores. I don't mind that as long as it's a short game. Like you don't have to go the full six innings or whatnot, but go like a three inning thing or whatever. I will say that I am not a fan of the fun star game. I think something needs to change to make that a little more entertaining. I, I feel at this point, the fun star game is basically, oh, we're just going to go out there and just dick around. It, it, it oh, yeah. doesn't it's... seem like it's a wiffle ball game at all. And it's not, in, in my opinion, it's not fun to watch. I know that they've been trying to do different things to get more people engaged, and so that's watchable. But I feel like whatever they've come up with so far, is it's, it's not working. I can't disagree with you um, that much. Uh, I, I do... I, I appreciate it because I've come to appreciate more of the laid back mentality for the league in the regular season, especially how teams show up. I'm going to hang out with my boys or my gals, whatever your team is. And this is our time to hang out, be a group. We're going to be ourselves. And that's either going to be, you know, like it, it's what it came out said last week, embrace the suck but it right. doesn't mean we're not having fun, things like that, you know? So we have right. this wide range of personalities and expectations out of what people are going to get in the league, anywhere from embrace the suck, which Kmart wants to do to, I got to win every single game and we got to be undefeated because we have to have that number one seat or we got to show people how good we are. So in that aspect, I do appreciate the fun star. Um, and I used to think that, if we could just have the nominations or the vote and have people nominate to a fun star team, that would be enough. But I have started to come around and maybe I'm just getting soft in my old age, but I'm starting to come around to this idea where they do kind of need a platform and a stage to have their tomfoolery out there. And maybe it's just for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, or maybe it's even just team introductions where they do some tomfoolery. I don't know that wiffle ball actually needs to be, tried to be played at that game or that part of the, the, the evening. And maybe that's how you, you shorten it up. Um, but I do think they need, they do need to be recognized yeah, because it's definitely a part of the league. Right. I, I, I don't disagree with you. They need to get recognized. And I think they do need their time to shine because they're the reason why the league is still also very fun to play with play in. I should say, I just came up with this idea of maybe keeping it shorter but at the same time, giving them time to shine, what if instead of playing like a wiffle ball style, you still play wiffle ball, but it's cricket based? Have you ever played or seen how cricket is played? I have seen cricket being played um, in the middle of some of my softball games. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you get, I think it's like nine batters. Whenever that batter gets out, he's done. He can no longer bat anymore. So okay. what if you do something similar to that where it's like uh, the away team, however many fun stars there are, if there's seven, there's eight, you all bat until everybody gets out. Once sure. that happens, you switch sides. They do the same thing to try and beat that run score, whatever they had. So maybe that could be something that we could toy with, uh, make it different, keep it shorter. Um but still give them their time to shine. Well, I also want to know the folks that play in the fun star game and I have played in one and that's an entirely another story, but uh, what are you playing for in that game? Are you trying to win? Is it that a badge of honor to win or is it more like a badge of honor to set up a card table in left field and have flatbread pizza, which happened one year. And I think that's brilliant. But uh, what is the what is the goal out of this? And as we were been talking here, the idea that comes to me is that the, we, their HRL really does need an end of season banquet. And instead of a fun star game, the fun stars from each team they have to get together and put on a show for us. And it has to be like a five to ten minute one act play. And uh, fun stars entertain us is is what it's going to be while we sit here and eat our Mancini steaks. <laughs> I, uh, we we definitely need to push the end of the year banquet. I think that that's a that would be a great thing for the league. Well, um, especially with this this podcast, uh, I feel like you and I could very well MC a banquet for the league. Uh, just throwing that out there for the any front office folks listening tonight. 
I, I will say me in front of a crowd is not great. So I will a... MC them. That'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I'll do my best, but I mean, I, I can definitely do it. I can definitely help you out. We can we can get you a private room somewhere off in the distance with a Zoom camera, and I'll just I'll interact with you on on the Zoom <laughs> while I'm in front yeah. of the crowd. Then. <laughs> All right. So. How how do you go about voting for all stars for fun stars? So, uh, just kind of go down the list of like how do you vote for fun stars? How do you vote for your hitting? How do you p- vote for your pitching? How do you vote for your uh, fielding? Uh, for me, it's very stats driven, um, and it kind of stems back to how I vote for the MLB as well. I'm not voting for my favorite players in the MLB. I really am trying to find the folks who have had the best first half of the season. So I, I, I take that over to the HRL as well. Um, I pull up one by one. I go through hitting, pitching, and fielding. Uh, fielding, I'll be honest, it it has weight with what's happened so far in the year, but it also has weight with what I've seen on the field. So if we haven't played you yet and you've been making some awesome plays, I'm sorry, I haven't seen it. It doesn't mean you're not awesome. But uh, it it probably means that I'm taking into account more so like weighted stats from the last two or three years. So a guy like Rocky, who has robbed me of home runs at least five or six times in the last couple of years, will probably get bumped up to be a, uh, an all-star in fielding. Uh, but really hitting and pitching, I really look for the guys that are having outstanding seasons, especially someone that you might not expect. So like last year in Hopkins where Nelson was just going off and not being the normal Nelson, he was having whatever sort of Renaissance he was having. That would have gotten a vote for me and it probably did. Um, So like this year I would just sort our wonderful stats sheet on our website by uh, Egan and uh, I'll go one by one through the stats, and I'll just kind of see what names keep popping up, and uh, those those will become the the hits for me. What kind of style do you have? Mine's very similar uh, for hitting and for pitching. Hitting's it's definitely stats driven for me. Pitching, I dive. Who? Excuse me. I dive in a little bit more. Uh, I try to see who they who they faced, sure. opposed to. Oh yeah, you have a six and zero record with a one ERA, but you've gone against the bottom of the barrel, and that's not impressive for me. So I, I kind of look for that healthy balance of your stats and who you've also pitched against. And then as far as fielders, I kind of do the same thing. I I don't look strictly at oh yeah, you have the most fielding putouts with no errors. I'm not going to just vote for you. You also got to show me that you are making the unconventional plays. You're actually trying to make those plays instead of like, oh, my fielding percentage is going to go down. I, I, I'm not going to go for that one. I'll just go for the easy one. So if I hear about somebody making a great play or I see it on like any of the recaps that we have, uh, that's also going to play a factor in how I vote for my fielder. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, and especially the time of year too, where you can rack up some of those fielding stats. So if you're an Egan and the grass hasn't been mowed in three weeks, it's the pitcher literally is fielding almost all the ground balls. If they weren't like hitting right. Well, even if they are hitting right in front of the line, they die so soon. The pitcher has to be Johnny in the spot to pick them up because your outfielders have to play deep. Right. Um, Unless there's some new metric out there that I don't know about fielding, but yeah, it's, yeah, you, I think you have to bring in prior years of what you've actually seen or really keep an eye on the highlights that you see week to week. Right, exactly. Now, back to your pitching comment. Is this a slight at two of our top 10 ERA leaders in the uh, HRL right now? Uh, and by that, this... I... Go ahead, what was that? What saying. Oh, Go I was going to say... And um, I'm just going to run down the top 10 here for you real quick. I'll, I won't go into details here, but number one, Dumpy, Mippy, Taco, Dr. Seuss, Webgem, JC, Nightmare, Schnoogans, Johnny Manziel, Sanchez. That is your top 10 qualifying ERA leaders in the HRL right now. 
And uh, I would definitely say two of these things are not like the others, but they are in the top ten. Right. Or maybe even three. I'll, yeah, I'll put maybe, three in there. Yeah, I'll put I, three in there. <laughs> just try to throw him a bone. <laughs> I haven't actually looked to see who he's faced yet, but he's five and one if we're talking about the same guy. Oh, no, I, I was going to say you're not like the others either. Oh, I definitely am. I I don't. Yeah, no, no, I don't belong in there. I was one of the top two. <laughs> but no, so we rewind so that. It, like, I definitely don't belong up there. Yeah, it, it it it's not a jab at anybody. It's it's just more of, um, I'll I'll take a look. So the first three is Dumpy Mippy Taco, and then yeah. JC's also there with six. So that's three Mets up there within the top ten of. Hopkins. I'm gonna go take a look at and see who Mippy has thrown against, who Taco has thrown against, and who JC has thrown against to see who I'm gonna pick out of those three. Because when I do do my voting, I try not to have double up on the same team. Right, yeah. exactly. So I, I try to make my decisions based on that. Um, and so I'm gonna see who's pitched against the lesser teams to see how they got there. You know who? If I was and here's a heads up to you Hopkins folks. If if I was voting for Hopkins this year, the guy I would actually look at pretty hard right now is Johnny Manziel. He is 5-1 and one in 40 innings pitched. So it looks like he leads the league in 40 innings pitched. Out of eight games, he has two shutouts. And he has a 2.08 ERA. So that is one we would definitely want to dive into because it's not a normal name you see on the, the top ten. But it warrants, like, is is he pulling on all the stops? And is he, yo, this very well could be like, dude, let's get him in the all-star game. Let's let him shine. Right. And the teams that he's gone up against, uh, the aces twice, that doesn't make sense. Um, the baby cakes, the grasshoppers, the rubber ducks, the rumble ponies, the marlins, and the blue wahoos. So, I mean, those are some top tier names. Against I'm telling you, Hopkins. Games. Like, let's get this guy in the All Star game. Right. He's definitely looking good. Uh, yeah. By the way, if any Mariners are listening to this, maybe go check on his stats against the Aces with two games pitched. That doesn't seem right. Two games pitched in two and one, two and third innings. Yeah. I don't think they've played each other that many times, right? That's our hard. I mean, it's a great system, but stats are still hard. Yeah, We can look this up right now, but uh, I'm, we're not throwing anyone under the bus. I just want to say, like, I didn't actually add... Well, they played the Aces. The, well, he may have, like, finished up one game and then done a little bit in the next. So in game one, he pitched one inning. And then game two... Oh, he did the same thing. Okay. Yeah, he My just came in and pitched an inning and a third. So yeah, yeah, you can do that stuff. He, he's, uh, you know, they, they broke him in this year. He's on an innings limit, except he's leading the league in innings. Uh, and uh, he's coming off arm injury, and he's lead. He's uh, they're just easing him into it. Yeah. yeah. What? No, he, he's, he's been oh. pitching really well this year, from what I've seen. If I had a vote, he'd have it right now. I know it's not time to vote yet, but. It that's going to be my new campaign is uh, let's get him in as a pitcher. Right. Right. And with that, do you have any closing thoughts or shout outs at all? Um, one more thought about the all-star game and this like, okay, so these are things you do at work. Like what's your optimal, no, no limits idea of what this could be. And I was thinking like, oh, if we could actually make an all-star game, like a weekend, a Friday event and a Saturday. And you and I have talked about like finding offsite spots in other places that have built up these, you know, Wiffle cathedrals almost, you know, like the replications of the green monster or Wrigley field, finding something like that and making a Wiffle weekend out of these things would be great. So if we could do something like that and have an actual home run derby where we go back to like the head to head Egan guy versus Hopkins guy and then like do the the division like one versus one all the way up versus like, you know, anyone who wants to throws in money and can hit. I would love that again as being a home run guy. 
And then after that or before it, you could do um, a rookie game. And it could be rookies or sophomores versus retired HRLers. So we could try to get some of these guys to come back for an event. Yeah. And then the next night it could be, you know, let's recognize our fun stars in whatever way we decide that needs to be. And it could still be the game. But then we right. do our nine-ending game, too, and make a big deal out of that. So Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, could try and push it for uh, year 20 for the HRL. I think sure. the only issue that you're going to run in with that is depending on how far away some of these places are, I don't think a lot of people are going to want to travel. Um, so yeah. We would have to find something that's really good around the cities, maybe a two- or three-hour drive. I think three hours might be pushing it, honestly. So it, I think it would have to be within an hour or two for us to really consider a whole weekend. Yeah, it, and I don't know if that place exists. There there might be a spot in Wisconsin. Um, I highly doubt there's any in Iowa, but my Iowa folks let me know if I'm wrong. Um, even if we did somehow like tie it into a HRL trip to Duluth or something, that's supposedly two hours away. Like that could be yeah. pretty cool. But uh, right. I don't know. It's it's you don't want to alienate the fan base and make it so people can't go just because of the travel. So I completely right. get that. Yeah. yeah. I guess my last uh, my other shout out of the week is to everyone who recommended Josh, uh, a.k.a. Scrabble to the Braves. Um, he is an awesome dude. We're really enjoying having him as a teammate. And I I think he is a legit front runner for um, Egan Rookie of the Year with what he's doing. Last I looked, I think he's leading Egan in runs or the league in runs and tied for hits. So and he's just pitching his his butt off. So uh, I I apologize to everyone who I said that maybe it was a joke on the Braves, maybe a big prank that you all decided to pull on us, and he was just gonna be awful, and we would show you and pitch him every week anyway. But, uh, no, he is legit, um, and he's a great guy. So uh, here's to hopefully having Scrabble on the Braves for many years to come. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my last shout-out. That and Nightmare and Web Gem are really good pitchers. Yeah, yeah. and I, I will say that Scrabble is definitely making a name for himself because uh, just talking with everybody around, I don't even mention him, and he gets brought up. So that's good. <laughs> he's definitely making a splash in his first year. Well, we like I said earlier in the the, the pod, we uh, went up against the aces and the grasshoppers, and we decided to uh, let him cut his teeth against the grasshoppers. And part of that reason was he had never really been had the radar gun on him, and I knew that Nightmare would have his system up, and that was a yeah. really good feel for it. And there were a, a couple pitches here and there, I think maybe three or four times where he hit sixty four. And for those of you not aware, with the system, they do 63 as like the highest leeway they give. And then 64 is a do over and anything above that is like a ball, whatever it is. And he never broke 64, but once he saw that he was hitting 64 with the certain pitches, he was dialing it back a little bit. And then he was really adjusting his, uh, his pitching stance with it. And uh, they only scored two runs. It was just nightmare through a two hitter and got the best of us that night. So, right. That's off to them, but uh, we gave them a run for it, and we'll probably drop to, like, 32nd in Nightmare's Power Rankings this week because of it. <laughs> he hates our name, but, you know, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. What shout-outs do you have this week? I don't think I have any shout-outs. I think, uh, well, maybe one. Uh, Shout-out to Harley for keeping it real and Hopkins, making sure that we still have the syringes. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Uh, Blue Wahoos are starting to figure it out, so uh, I think they said it best. Don't Or no, the Chihuahua said it best. Don't let them get hot. So uh, mm-hmm. we got them this week, so we'll see if we can cool them down a little bit. Yeah, Harley keeping it real. Normally it's Valley that I would expect to see the syringes. Um, we played in Central well, this week, and I will say I no longer like playing in Central. There is... You. Too much going on. It is now my least favorite field, especially since Pilot Knob has been taken down. I've got firemen shooting off 
giant strands of water and making noise, people driving by, the, the playgrounds are happening, the tennis courts going on. We got boom boxes going on in the field, softball games happening. Like squished together so there's no room for Oh, yeah. We had everyone sitting in the middle in there. We were all back to back and there was no room for anything. I I was uncomfortable the entire time. Like I was just wishing wishing for Valley. That's what (laughs) I was wishing for. And it made me miss Valley so much. So, So Central has gone from being like one of the best fields in the league back when to uh that is now my least favorite so congratulations hopkins there is it 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 is the opposite of like a i don't even know what you would call it like the yeah it's it's just so much happening my brain overloaded it was it's it's my least favorite field in hopkins I, i i i will say i'll probably put it ahead of egan just because of the grass i can't stand the grass over in egan with the grass central this week was awful. Like we had, they had weeds that were knocking ball down, ground balls down from hitting the wall. Like it needs a definite mow. So it's not just Egan that needs to be mowed. So, but I, I talked to Wade. I got a real mower that maybe I can donate. We can get that taken care of. So I want it out of my garage. Yeah. And with that, we're going to close this one out. Here's to. Good whiffs, good weather, good people, and uh, hopefully see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Well, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I've got seven women. the sound of your own